0: Worth Weight in Gold, Part 2, written by Eli Ramos for the Aster Podcasting Network Summer of Rom-Com 2022 event.
1: Cyrell doesn't come by the next day. Or the next. Or the one after that. And while I'm not the kind of man to count the days... They're slow ones. The sun shines hot and high in the sky all day, dripping down below the horizon, one sweltering drop at a time. Customers flit in and out of the store like fat green flies, dispersing only after great pains to package their tonics. I've never been in a town so particular about everything, but business runs well. With any luck, I'll have a little extra cash, once I'm down in Mexico. Fourth day round, Zarell suddenly makes a reappearance. We don't get the chance to talk much between customers, in fact,
2: when he walks up, it's as a customer. I was wondering if you warmed up some to the idea of making me a tonic?
1: In all honesty, he's been more welcoming than the first few people I got after the novelty of my appearance had started to wear off. That doesn't change the fact that I still made a deal. And Cyrel stands in the way of my ticket away from everything I'm running from. So, I say, come back tomorrow and we'll see. And he does. Every day, without fail. He rides from the branch up north and drops off breakfast or lunch. We talk. He's the only person I actually talk to besides sweet. He's constantly asking me questions about myself. Hanging on every word no matter how terse I keep it. It's easy to rile him up about anything and everything. Something I've taken to doing when the day seems like it won't end. He's always laughing by the end of it all. Whenever he gets ready to leave, he asks about his medicine, and i wave him off. Then he takes whatever plate he took food to me in and lopes back up the trail. But it nags me that the first tin bowl he gave me, washed and dried, sits on my dresser. So, I'll make up my mind to take a walk up to the ranch myself one evening.
3: Cyril, I think the new ranch hand's come around.
2: Isn't it too early for him to be here? I thought he was coming on the Monday train.
3: Well, someone's out there.
2: I'll go see. Oh, Mr. Abel. He didn't think you'd walk all the way up here.
1: I only seemed right since you've been
2: coming by almost every day. You, uh, forgot this a while back. Oh, I was wondering where that ran off to. Appreciate you returning it. Best be going then The walk's pretty difficult when it's dark All the more reason I should take off now And miss dinner? That'd be a shame Not much of one if you're cooking If you're trying to make me mad You'd better choose something I know isn't an outright lie Come on up Leo It's just Mr. Abel, the druggist.
3: Oh, really? Hope he's come to give your medicine.
2: He's here for dinner, actually. Hiya.
3: Ah, wasn't expecting that. I'll go set the table for one more, then.
2: I don't spend too much time on dinner most nights. You get awful tired riding horses and cleaning up after cows, digging holes, and chopping wood. I'm still tired, but I'll admit that it makes me happy to see someone enjoying the food I make. I pull out a rack of salted pork, slice a hunk of bread, and unwrap a wheel of cheese. Leo raises his eyebrows at me when I start simmering one of our sarsaparilla roots, but makes no comment. Until I sit down and slice open an orange from Mrs. Guan's.
3: So, pulling out the big guns with this dinner,
2: hmm?
3: Have a guest. I seem to recall you saying you weren't interested in being our cookie once the new ranch hand came around. I'm not, but Mr. Abel's different. I'm sure he is. You know, Cyril talks a lot about you.
1: Really now?
3: Hey, oh sure. Every time they come back up from Guan's general goods, they're smiling and laughing, talking all about you. Better temper than they're usually in. Leo, cut it out. See? He usually looks like this. (laughs) Oh, I know it. I do have one question, though. After all this time, you still haven't given him his medicine? Do it and be done with it, I say.
1: Not like he's sick. I'm just busy.
3: Yeah, but he's waiting on a date with Destiny or something like that. If I didn't know any better, I'd think you were holding off because you wanted to keep seeing him around.
1: (coughs) (coughs) Uh, well, not quite.
3: You wouldn't be in bad company. (laughs) Just saying.
2: I swear to the Lord above. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: How about we take a walk, huh? Leo, why don't you clean up? If you want to spend more time with...
3: Mr. Abel, you can just say so.
2: Good night, Leo. Hmm? (laughs) Sorry about that. He likes irritating people. Mostly me. He probably
1: likes getting a rise out of you.
2: Yeah. Is that why you tease me? Maybe. (laughs) Is it hot out here, or is that just me? (laughs) Not just you. Anywhere cooler we can go... Somewhere that's not the field full of cows. Actually, I've got a perfect spot. We are going in the barn, though. Hope that doesn't offend your sensibilities. The smell, Matt. Huh? it won't be so bad in there. Mostly smells like hay. Up here. Taking me to the hayloft? Unless... there's some other section of the barn I'm unaware of... Yes. (laughs) should I be flattered? Hey, I don't bring people up here all that often. Used to hang out here with other ranchos that are long gone by now. But it's a great place, especially in the summer and fall. See? You can see all the stars and not be bothered by as many critters. And it's nice on a quiet night to just sit up here and think for a while. So yeah, come sit if you'd like. Want some? Why not? You're not a bad cook. The dinner was good. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. You finished your plate fast. I thought you were just doing that in the mornings and it kind of mean you need to take my cutlery back. I hung on to your bowl long enough. Thanks for bringing it back. I'm happy you got to come up to the ranch, as silly as that sounds. I thought about inviting you up here proper and all, but after you sent me away that one time, I sort of thought maybe it would have been too forward.
1: Yeah, you're not great at picking up the hint on that sort of stuff.
2: Sorry. I didn't say it was a bad thing, necessarily. What do you mean by that? His shoulder bumps into mine, and my heart jumps up into my throat. I bite my tongue and take another swig of moonshine, hoping that it'll wash my beating heart back to its proper place in my chest.
1: I know I can be a bit prickly. (laughs) A bit? Oh, shut up. I'm trying to be not awful right now. Look, I'm not a nice or good person, but you come down and talk with me on my breaks anyways. I'm not very social, but you force me to be, which is probably good for me in some way. I haven't said much, but I feel like I'm babbling, so I take the flask from Sorrel and down another gulp. His eyes trace over it's path to my mouth as it burns it's way into my stomach I end up looking into his eyes even though I'm trying not to because the stars look like they're all caught inside of a stare.
2: I'm not very social either believe it or not I know people in this town obviously Hell, help I've told you I've lived here for four years but you're the first person I wanted to know if that makes any sense I moved to this town because I was seeking revenge, which means I didn't think I'd really get to talking to people. I thought I'd drift in and leave as soon as the job was done. Now I've sort of settled down here. People know my face, the name I chose, and the things I do. It's a pretty forthcoming community. You've seen that, I'm sure. But you... You made it a challenge to know you. And it was about the medicine at first. Is it not about that anymore? I... I'm not really sure, Mr. Abel. Joaquin. You can call me Joaquin, if you want. (laughs) I have known you a whole two weeks, and it's only now that you decide to tell me your name. How's that for Brickley? When
1: he laughs, his freckles dance across his face. I don't know why I'm paying attention to that. I don't know why I told him my name, or when I stopped thinking of him as an obstacle and started thinking of him as a friend.
2: I probably still need it. I haven't gotten much better at aiming. Really now? Show me. Right now? No better time. <laughs> I'm half drunk already, doubly even worse. So, promise you'll make fun of me.
1: I don't do promises. But fine.
2: Okay. I'm gonna try and get this knife right there, on the X on the wall. (sighs) See? No good. That wasn't terrible. You got another knife? Ah, so you're gonna show me up.
1: No. Hold on to it. I'm gonna show you
2: how. (sighs) Mr. Abel, Joaquin stands behind me and holds the knife solid and steady in our combined grip. His other hand rests on my shoulder, making minor adjustments to my stance. When he leans down, his cheek against mine, his voice low and rumbling, I hope, against every hope, that we'll stay like this. Two men, pressed together in the night, his chest against my back and his hand over mine, as close as we'll ever be. That thought makes my heart ache.
1: Steady, Sorrel. Your hand's shaking. Sorry. Then you will raise up the knife and throw. Straight up and down. You feel it? Like this. Don't curve it. Make sure it hits the mark. Ready?
2: (gasps) A bullseye! See? Perfect. Joaquin, you-
1: I guess there's a lot of things I don't know to tonight. Because if you asked me why I kissed him, I couldn't tell you the reason. You could say it was the drink in a flask all but forgotten by now. A slip of judgment. The way he said my name. All I know is that I want to memorize it. This flash of a moment between us. Because I know that's all it ever can be. A moment.
2: I think I'm imagining it for the first second it's happening. It's like it's the combination of other brief dalliances I've had here in this hayloft, snatches of time you spend with a man who's working beside you one day, and on a train down south the next. But I feel the curve of the scar on his lips pressed against mine. That's how I know it's not just a memory, it's Joaquin, here and now. And then the moment passes. I have to tell you something. What is
1: it? I made a promise to myself that I'd settle down somewhere that felt right. And I don't think that place is here. Oh. And I don't mean to lead you on or
2: anything. That's okay. Kiss is sometimes just that. I guess. It doesn't have to mean anything.
1: I'm not leaving right away,
2: maybe just down the coast. You don't have to promise anything to me. I'd prefer it if you don't, really, if you won't keep it. And
1: of course, I can't promise him anything. I lost sight for a second, but the truth of the matter is, at the end of this deal, Sorrel dies, and I move on. But I don't tell him that. I don't want him to see this moment as a mistake, but I'm doing a bad enough job of that already. So I cut my losses and say, I'll make
2: my way home then. Take a lantern with you. I'll come pick it up tomorrow. And, um, be safe.
4: <laughs> Joaquin, certainly a more creative time of night to see you out walking.
1: I was just returning something
4: to Sorrel that he left in the store. Funny you mention him. Hope you've said a little goodbye, because his time's up tomorrow. What? <laughs> Why would I need to say goodbye? It's not like we really know each other. Just a little joke. I'm fixing to stick this here note on the door, letting him know I accept this challenge, and to show up at noon on Pershing Street. Hell, if I'd known you were here, I would've let you pin the message yourself. No bother, though. You've done a great job, Joaquin. In fact, we're close enough to your place, I don't mind. Give me this. That's your payment, boy. Hope you're okay with getting it before that runs in the ground. I figure I'll be busy arranging funeral services. (laughs) Use that. Take a train down to Sacramento. One of my associates should be ready and willing to take you the rest of the way. And, uh... Thanks again for the help, brother. Asshole. I count
1: up the money on my walk home, and it's the bitterest thing I've done in a while. More bitter than the lingering liquor on my tongue. But a thought forms in my brain, sweeter than anything I've dared to imagine in a while. And it's with that flicker of hope that I go to sleep in the bed above Mrs. Guan's shop for what may very well be the very last time. I wake up early and pack my sparse belongings. I've only been in town a few weeks, so I haven't accrued much. I pull up the floorboard and take my savings from there, add it up with what Wilbur handed me last night. It's not enough for Mexico now, but that's not a problem. As I tuck the last of my belongings into a bag, I hear Sarell approaching. I practically fly down the stairs and fling open the door to his face. He's sweaty and bright red, his hair stuck in three different directions. He brandishes a note in my face with familiar
2: handwriting. This is happening in less than six hours. If there was ever a time I needed your patent medicine, I need it now. Morning, Sorrel.
1: Don't worry about that.
2: What are you doing?
1: You don't need it. Forget it. Forget the whole thing.
2: Joaquin, what are you even talking about? This is it. This is the thing I've been waiting for for 13 years. I've got my gun and my knives, I'm almost ready, and this duel is happening today. Why are you packing everything up? I don't need it either. At least, not here. Can you just explain? Please? Wow, that is a lot of money. Savings,
1: plus a little extra. This should be enough to get us down to Southern California. We'll have to skip out on Sacramento, but you're a good rider, so we should be able to make it down pretty quick anyways. It's not Mexico, doesn't have to be yet. Might even be a good idea to lay low somewhere. Us? Yes. You and I should go together as soon as possible. So avoid... What street was it? Pershing. Avoid Pershing. Grab as much stuff as you can and we can be on the road before ten. Easy. You want me to run
2: away with you? If you'd like to save your own skin, yes. I can't leave, though. I don't know if you understand, but I've been waiting 13 years for this. It's the only thing I've chased after... For all this time I can't just give that up are you serious of course I'm serious Joaquin part of me is really happy that you want to run away with me Lord knows enough people have left it'd be nice to be with someone who won't take off for the next best job and it means that our kiss last night it meant something to you too but this means something to me but once I win this duel if the offer is still on the table I'd be happy to go Wherever the wind takes us, I guess.
1: That's very sweet. But seriously, don't be stupid. Wilbur is going to kill you. How did you know?
2: It was Deputy Wilbur Reed. I must have caught his name on the note. No, you didn't. That note wasn't signed. And I haven't told a single soul in this city about it, because he is a powerful man, and if word got out, he would have me shot dead before we even got to duel. So real! There is only one way you would have known that, and that's if you were working with him. (laughs) So this whole time, you were talking with him? That's why you've been holding out on me? And even after I told you what he did, you still chose to work with him. You
1: know, he already knew who you were from the second you idiotically pinned a death wish on his door. He just didn't want to kill you right away because of his reputation. That and me denying you some patent medicine is the only thing that has stood between you and certain death.
2: That doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't expect you to understand. You didn't even know what you wanted when you first came in here. Well, I know what I want now. You're going to make me the medicine I have been asking for. Hell, out of the kindness of my heart, I'm going to pay you for it. And you can blow your money on whatever train ride you want out of this town, because I don't want to see your sorry face ever again. You know what?
1: Feelings mutual. I pour oils and drops of essences, sarsaparilla, and the last of my ground mustard seed into his stupid bottle. I barely understand what I'm mixing when I have instructions. This, this is truly nothing. Lies come easy to you when your career's based on faking your way through everything. You can be a traveling priest, a lost soul, someone's husband, an apothecary. Every lie is best when you at least half believe it. But this concoction I'm handing him is not gonna help him in any way for what he needs to face next. But I want to believe it will. Because the truth of the matter is, I don't want him to get hurt. But there's nothing I can do now. So, I watch him walk out the door The rest of the morning passes without incident. Wee arrives at her usual time and busies herself, either ignoring or ignorant of the silence I've settled into. I mean, this is how I was supposed to be. A drifter who carries no conversation, makes no waves, just gets carried out away from shore farther and farther until he disappears from the horizon.
5: Thank you for coming to Guan's General Goods. Ugh, that's everyone. Always so busy right before lunch. Mr. Abel, pardon me for asking, but you've got a suitcase down here. Is something wrong with your lodging?
1: Nothing much, Mrs. Guan. I just don't think I'll be sticking around much longer. I'm taking the train to Sacramento tonight.
5: You're leaving? But you just got here.
1: Such is the laugh of a traveling druggist, ma'am. I hope you won't mind. I didn't give you much notice.
5: I can't say I'm not sorry to see you go. Things have been good around here recently. But if that's how it goes, so be it. Make sure you take everything you have, though. I'll have to find a new tendon and all. Don't forget your lantern.
1: M- my what? Oh, this. It's not mine.
5: Then Cyril left it. He's not usually so absent-minded. Well, you can go return it and say goodbye to him. I'm sure he'll miss you. Doubt it. Good God, Cyrell! Not him. Hi, though. Are you from the ranch? I
3: am. Sorry I don't come down too often, but I do like what Cyril buys from here. Always delicious. Oh, thank you. Wait, sorry, getting distracted. You!
1: Hell, do you want.
3: Do you have any idea what Cyril's up to right now?
1: How is that my responsibility? he got it in his head to go get himself killed long before I ever got here.
3: Hey, pinche cabron! You're the one he was
5: going to for help! Hey, language.
3: Sorry, Mrs. Guan, but you have to agree.
5: He's being a jerk! Is Cyril in danger?
3: Yes, he's doing his stupid duel! Couldn't find him anywhere this morning, and turns out he left a note. Duel at noon. Back soon. Stopping by Mr. Abel's. If the worst happens, here's my parents' address. Thanks for being a good friend. I thought he'd at least have you as his second, but you're just sitting here on your ass!
1: Why don't you be a second, if you're so worried?
3: Because, Bendejo, I don't know where he is! Why are you acting like you don't like him? You two were getting on pretty well at dinner last night!
1: Maybe you're just looking in the things too hard, you ever thought of that? I don't care if he dies, do you get it? He chose to do that. Ah!
3: You're
5: hopeless! Mr. Abel, you're my tenant and I spend most of my day in the same place as you. And I have watched you, bumble around as an apothecary, always looking at your notes unless you're selling, which you're better at, but you're still rude as ever. But I have never seen you mess up as badly as this.
1: Boy, what?
5: Do you know how many hours of my week I spend listening to the two of you going on and on in your corner over there? You do not smile often, Mr. Abel, and when you do it's only when you're talking with Cyrell. You might like to tell yourself that you just like that he gives you food, that you like rattling his cage. But for those few days Cyril didn't come by, you were as moody as ever. So stop kidding yourself!
3: Cyril adores you. Lord knows why, but he does. He hangs on to your every word. I know because he really does not stop talking about you all day. But if you let him down this time, you'll never get the chance to make it up to him.
1: He's on Pershing. He's facing off against Wilbur.
3: Oh, (gasps) Deputy Reed.
5: Oh no, I knew that man was trouble.
3: I still don't know who that is, and I don't really care.
5: Let's go stop it. We've barely got any time left. Yes, I'll come too.
3: Hey,
1: whoa. As much as I appreciate the enthusiasm, this is riskier than facing off against the Sheriff's crony. He's got a couple bandits with him. I'll go. And I'll bring him back alive.
3: Take the horse! Er, unless you have a horse in the back or something I didn't see, then leave the horse because I don't want to walk all the way back to the ranch.
1: I'll take the horse. Thanks.
5: Okay, yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah.
2: Wilbur Reed Cyrell Didn't know that's what you were going by now I'm not the same kid I was Thirteen years ago Maybe so But you're still a kid
4: Call off the duel now And maybe we'll go our separate ways Yeah? No can do, Wilbur (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought you'd say Let's not make this a gunfight, hmm? Ten paces. Turn and shoot.
2: Just like they do it back home. Get ready to meet your maker. Every part of me is thrumming with rage. It pulses at my wrists, at my fingers, at my eyes. I count the steps. The blood rushes in my ears. The beat of it encompassing my every thought, focusing down onto a single thought. I need to end this now. Except, if not just my own heartbeat I hear.
1: From this distance, I can already see Wilbur's cronies lining up their shots. Wilbur stands, smug, satisfied, gun not even drawn as Sorrel's back is turned. I don't call Sorrel's name, even though it's the first thing I think to do. Instead, I draw my own
2: gun and fire a warning shot. <laughs>
0: Who's this? Does it matter? Do what the boss said.
2: Despite myself, I turn around and see him. Joaquin, his gun drawn, and his horse, Leo's horse, of all things, rearing up behind two (laughs) men I hadn't seen before. Though the sun is high above him, his eyes seem to glow with a fire I've never seen before. The other men scatter to either side of Wilbur. He's not even twenty paces from me. Or ten. He strides forward. Draws his gun properly and
1: Ah, Sorrel! <laughs> Jesus, Wilbur, you got them idiot? What the hell is wrong with you?
4: Whoa, don't get so scared. Now I know you're not much for killing, but that doesn't mean all of us are the same way. Didn't know you wanted to come see this. I would've saved you a seat. <laughs>
1: going to kill you! I'm going
4: to- Joaquin, move. What? I shot you square in the chest, boy. You, you, you shouldn't be- Straight up and
2: down. Make sure it hits its mark.
4: <laughs> Bullseye. Oh, my leg. Ah, oh, my goddamn leg.
3: Get him up! Get him up! We gotta get out of here! Sorrel.
4: How'd I
1: do? Hold this here. Put pressure on it.
2: Come on, Joaquin.
1: How'd I do? You did great. Breathe. Stay with me. Come
4: on. surround
1: You're
2: okay. Jesus. This is your room, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, welcome, I guess.
2: (laughs) I've already been here. I pulled that dresser upstairs for Mrs. Guan. Sorry to take your bed, though. You literally got shot? Huh, (laughs) guess I did.
1: You're lucky you keep your chest bound. There was enough bandages to stop the
2: blood loss then and there. I knew that would come in handy someday. Yeah, don't push your luck too far. I don't need luck. I had your medicine. I wouldn't have hit him without it. Is he dead? Dunno. He got away. Sorry about that. That's okay.
1: You do know that medicine I made doesn't do anything, right? Hm? Like, it's nothing.
2: It's fake. What was that? Okay, okay, I heard you the first time, and I knew. Well, not at first, but Mrs. Guan said you didn't really know what you were doing, and her husband, Mr. Guan, he used to be an apothecary back in China, so she kind of spotted you from the first time she saw you. She said that you helped keep sales up, though, so she didn't really call you on it. Are you kidding me? No. And then, Leo asked around and got a bottle of it. Then he said it was just castor oil and some other random ingredients. His sister is an herbalist too, you know. So... Two people told me you were probably phony. What? Why the hell did you keep bothering me then? I don't know. I wanted to keep seeing you. Oh. And then, when we fought, I just wanted to prove a point, I guess. I'm sorry about that, by the way. I shouldn't have said all of those things.
1: Nah, I was kind of making an ass out of myself, too. It's okay. I still drank the medicine you made. That was basically just perfume and
2: whatever else I had in my case. Hmm, that would explain how bad it tasted. I thought that stomachache was just nerves. How have you been making medicine for everyone else, though? People seem to be doing better around town, or at least they keep coming back. I don't know if
1: you're gonna like the story much, but I figure I'd better be honest with you. Before I came here a couple years ago, I was in a gang with Wilbur. It wasn't too far from here, actually. Placerville, if you know it. We stopped the wagon of travelers, but things went a little sideways. The town caught wise to us and rounded everyone up, save for Wilbur. He left us all holding the bag. They were threatening to string us all up, so I did everything I could to get out of there. Lied. A lot. Then I got caught doing it, so some grandstander in the crowd tried to slash my tongue off. And that's how I got this scar. Jesus. Yeah. Pretty gruesome, I know. Only reason he didn't do worse is because Wilbur shot him dead. Wilbur saved me, but I wouldn't have gotten it in the first place if it wasn't for him. So, I fled. Took the only thing I salvaged from our raid, a druggist case, and tried to start over. I'm just copying what notes he had written down in here, but otherwise, it's all just slick talking and selling things. I know. You probably hate me for that. I've stolen and hurt a lot of people. I took money from him so that he could get rid of you, and I'm so, so sorry about that. I'm no better than he is.
2: I don't think it's right to rob innocent people, no, but you're not him. Wilbur came here as a deputy, and all he does is keep bullying people, and well, he's still no better than a crook, even if he's technically the law now. At least you tried to start over by doing a job that at least kind of helped people, and you helped me in the end. I mean, I'm not dead, you know? That's better than what most people could do. I do
1: have some experience patching people up after gunfights. You
2: could probably be a good physician, honest. I mean, like I said, Mr. Guan used to do medicine, so he could teach you whenever he's not busy. You already have all the materials, and people are already liking you here. (laughs) But, yeah... I... I shouldn't get caught up in dreaming. Wilbur's gone to god knows where, and you'll be riding down to Mexico soon enough... since you don't want to settle down here. I do, actually. What? If you're pulling that stupid joke on me
1: again- I-I'm not. Come on. You have enough money to go, don't you? I do. But I thought it might be nice for me to invest it in getting a place of... our own. Instead of living here in this room. Look. I know you can't stop working at the ranch, but you do deliveries already. You're right. I could keep up with the apothecary thing, and maybe you can help me run them to people? We'd both get money out of it, understand? and This wouldn't be a forever thing, just long enough for us to figure out where we're going next. Probably track down Wilbur again and get him for real, son of a bitch, but after that...
2: <laughs> Are you asking me to be your business partner? <laughs> Among other things... You know, I'm trying to be sweet right now. Then, yeah, I think I'd like that. Should I start calling myself Cyrell Abel, then?
1: It's technically not my last name.
2: Oh, hush. I changed my name to Cyrell a few years ago, and no one bats an eye about it anymore. Change your name to whatever you want. You didn't say no to me using your last name, though.
1: Let's not get ahead of ourselves.
2: Oh, so you can take my last name. Shut up and kiss me already, it's real. Okay, okay, Joaquin.
1: The name's Joaquin. And at this moment, the one person who I want to call me that is warm in my embrace i've seen the gold fever that catches men up in its nets tangling them up and making them wild-eyed and risky i feel that way with him here our lips pressed together his hand threading through my hair but he's more than worth his weight in gold the names were keen and i'm a traveling man still But the wind changes and I find I still want to be wherever Sorrel is at. We probably won't stay put for too long either, there's still an outlaw to catch, and a place down south doesn't sound too bad either. But right here, right now, there's no place I'd rather be.
0: folks eli ramos here writer and editor for worth weight and gold this was an astro podcasting network production for summer of RomCom. if you liked this episode stay tuned we have more stuff coming this summer but we'd love it if you'd share it with your friends and rate and review it wherever you're listening to us you can also find us on patreon at patreon.com mix that's m-x-e-l-i-r-a-m-o-s We're currently hosting a Patreon drive from August 1st, 2022 to September 30th, 2022. If you pledge during the drive at any tier from our $2 a month to our $20 a month, you'll help unlock new content for everyone who's currently pledging. We have lots of content we're really excited to share. So please spread the word and pledge if you want to support Aster Podcasting Network. Our voice talents are as follows. Justin Saint as Joaquin Abel, Yvonne Kwok as Hui Guan, Ezu as Cyril Macalino, Angelo Toledo as Leo, and August Caraway as Wilbur Reed. Additional voices were provided by Bridget Guzziewicz and yours truly, Eli Ramos. Attributions for sounds and music used can be found in the show notes. Thanks to Ezra Lee Buck and Audrey Pham, our $20 patrons on Patreon. And to everyone, thanks for tuning in, and we'd love to have you back again for our next Summer of Rom-Com piece.